Brooklyn, New York, I'm Adam Teeter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And Zach, this is live, so I can say you're in a new room with a ton of wine behind you. Where are you, man? I am. I'm in my new house, in my, uh, in my recording studio slash part of the wine storage. This is the white wine room here behind me. Uh, the red wine room is outside, uh, but much bigger and less suitable for recording. So yeah, a lot of lifting boxes over the last week or so. All right. All right. Good for you, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank so you. So what have you been drinking? I mean, there's a ton of wine behind you. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, we have had some really lovely weather uh, here in Seattle, which has made moving a little bit easier. Uh, and, you know, honestly, on uh, Sunday, I had a couple of my cousins who are fully vaccinated and as are my wife and I, and uh, they helped us move a couple of things. And we cracked open a bottle of uh, Rosé, the uh, Chateau de Campuget 1753, which is like one of their slightly higher end bottlings. Um, And I just like, damn man, like sitting out on my deck in my new house with a glass of Rosé, seeing my cousins who I haven't like had a glass of wine with in over a year. It was, uh, it was actually a little emotional. I was, uh, you know, I, we've all, you know, it's been a, it's been a year plus, obviously. And uh, it's not that everything is back to normal course, but it was, uh, it was really kind of cool and, and very, uh, yeah, a little kind of moving actually uh, to, uh, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, a rosé that I enjoy, I don't know that I call it my favorite, but, <laughs> but it was uh, definitely a part of a, of a great recent moment. So very cool. So that was great. How about you? What you been drinking? Oh man. So Friday night, I actually had a little bit of fun. My uh, same kind of thing. I hadn't seen my brother-in-law in a really long time and he came and stayed with Naomi and I again, cause we're all fully vaxxed. So that was yeah. really nice. And um, we did a bourbon tasting. So I had gotten these really, I, I'd collected some really great bottles of bourbon over the course of the last year. And so I, I brought out a few bottles and we sort of tasted through them. Um, and it was a, just a ton of fun. We ordered in pizza, um, drank really good bourbon. We had, um, some Eagle rare. We had the larceny that everyone talk is talked about the barrel proof that I think mm-hmm. some people have said it was, you know, one of the top bourbons this year. Um, and just some other really cool stuff, a, a brand called barrel bourbon. That's now, um, one of the new sort of cool kids on the block. Uh, they sort of, you know, they, they go and they source barrels and their whole thing is that they, bl- their, their magic is in the blending and they've, they've wound up, uh, on both of our last, uh, two lists of best bourbons of the year in 2020 and now 21. Um, so those were, those were some fun bourbons to try with him and he hadn't had them before. So that was really fun. Um, and then also Michter's cause I just always like Michter's. Um, so, yeah. so that was, that was a blast. That's always like, just a, like a tried and true. Um, and then, you know, throughout the weekend, I got to take him to the vine pair office, which was great. Um, and uh, we, we sampled some seltzers and then that evening uh, was joined with, him and Josh actually came to dinner with us too. Cause he's vaccinated. Okay. And we, we had our first like dining experience, like with friends and family, like the four of us at a, at a restaurant. Um, and we ordered like this really just great bottle of like crew Beaujolais that was delicious. And again, like I saw, I've talked about before, don't remember the producer because I was at dinner and I was enjoying the conversation and didn't have time to pull out my camera and take a picture of the label, uh, which again is why I, promise you, I do not think wine discovery happens in restaurants. I think it happened through retail, but <laughs> but nonetheless, it was, a, it was a great bottle of wine, which is really fun and, and uh, you know, helped sort of make the conversation keep moving. Um, so so yeah, that's, that's, that's me, awesome. man. 
that's me. But let's let's get on to to our guests. So I'm going to to welcome them to the stage now, um, and and introduce both of them. So uh, today we're really we're lucky to be joined on the podcast by Sofia Araya of Vera Monte and Viviana Navarrete of Vina San Pedro or VSPT Wine Group. So uh, Viviana and Sofia, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thank very you. much for the invitation. Of yes, course, thank you for the invitation. Yes, <laughs> of course. So um, you know we want to chat with you both about your projects and, and what you're doing in Chile with sustainability. Um, so I, I, I want to jump off with obviously Viviana, uh, what you're up to in the South of Chile um, with your Tayu project. So c- can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what uh, you and Vina San Pedro are doing in a community with indigenous people uh, bringing vines to this area for the first time and making wine? Well, I, Adam, I have been very, very fortunate of being invited to participate in this project. As you say, uh, it comes from in the south of Chile, in Mayeco Valley, which is an almost unexplored valley of only 130 hectares of vines. So the wine production there almost doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And it started um, back in, 2000, in 2015, and uh, where Viña San Pedro decided to make a social work. Viña San Pedro has been working towards sustainability for a long time, I would say 10 years back. Um, they have been developing the, the biggest biogas plant in the world, producing energy. They have solar panels in, in the vineyards, producing their own energy, etc., etc. But there was one pending thing that was the social uh, work. Um, so they decided to, to start exploring um, uh, native communities, in this case it's Mapuche people, that they mm-hmm. are originated from T- in Chile. Um, and they started working with the go- together with the government, exploring this area that was Mayeco. Uh, and it, it's just fantastic, Adam, because they joined two areas. One thing was the social development, and the other thing was coming down south in Mayeco, that is a great place for producing um, whites and uh, light reds as Pinot Noir. So we arrived into this place, start to search about the uh, native communities and ended up in a community that is named Buchahueco, that is formed by 24 families. And they didn't have any knowledge about viticulture because uh, in the past they were more related to forest uh, production or, or animal production uh, and the thing that these people have is the problem that they don't have business at all so families spread the younger generation don't have jobs there so they have to go uh, to bigger cities to earn money uh, so it was a beautiful chance for us to see that the wine production could be used as a social tool for social development uh, and we started there first with only two families. Now we are working with six families. This winter we are planting with three more families. So it's really beautiful to see that every year new and new families are uh, really um, showing a lot of enthusiastic about being part of this project and to see that they can have something for them, their families and a, a, a beautiful business for the future. Oh, that's awesome. Sophia, can, can you tell us too, since, um, you know, we want to come back to this concept of understanding how sustainability has all these different elements to it. Um, those of you who listened to 
last week's episode of the podcast, you know, that's something that Adam and I have talked a lot about. But Sophia, can you maybe just give us a little bit of a background on Veramonte and uh, where in Chile it's located and, and what you all are doing as well? Yes, well, uh, we have been working uh, just to keep uh, a a region association. We we have two states or two areas that we develop our project. One is Casablanca, where we have our main um, building and winery. And also we have another two states in the Colchagua region, which is in the Apalta area and then in Matiwe area. More or less, between all of those states, we have 500 uh, hectares. So uh, in the year 2012, we decided that we really, really, really wanted to connect our wines to the surroundings and to what we thought it was a kind of unique uh, space that we have, especially in Casablanca. We did a biodiversity study on the hills surrounding uh, our estate, and it's a very, very well-preserved native forest. And um, since we saw there was a patrimony, uh, we really wanted to let the wines to talk about that, and we decided to start working organically. And all of this uh, started becoming bigger uh, and it became more of a sense of sustainability uh, and it became uh, more powerful uh, since that we were also seeing benefits not only for the wines, but also for the people working uh, at, the, at the vineyard and also the community surrounding. So uh, I, think, I think that it, it, first, it first started as a winemaking philosophy that we really wanted our terroir to be expressed through the wines, but later on it started becoming something bigger and the community and, and, and the sustainable concept came to, to, to be spoken. So all of this started uh, in the 2012 as a philosophy, but now we had our certification for all of the 500 hectares uh, in 2018. So we are very proud for, this, for the organic certification. So our work is mainly organic. So we've been very focused on the environmental aspect of sustainability, but also uh, we have been working very close to the community, especially in the Casablanca state. And now, now we have also a, a garden, a community garden that is worked by the people that lives uh, nearby, in the nearby community. And it's, it's, this is a work that was all together with the tourist area that actually... Uh, it also got involved in the in the concept of the sustainability that we wanted to uh, also apply and, and 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 to and to extend in our projects. So uh, that's to briefly talk about it because mm-hmm. uh, we've been really 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 uh, um, into what viticulture and environmental uh, or the environmental aspects uh, of the of the organic work meant. For a while, so that's to briefly talk talk about. Interesting. So, talking about sort of sustainability as a whole, you're both working in different on different projects, Tayu and Veramonte, and you know doing different practices. But how do both of you, as winemakers, sort of come to understand sustainability in terms of first of all, how do you define it? Because um, I know it's something that you know we, we're trying to define. And then secondly, um, if if you are able to define it do you think there should be a formal certification for it internationally? This is a conversation we had yesterday that I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on as well. I think, Adam, if you work with nature, 
you have to be responsible and is and be committed with what you are using it's not just a business it's not just taking the grapes and putting in a bottle and take a plane and go and sell it but it's just the view you have to be responsible and be holistic in the whole view so at the end what what you what everybody knows about sustainability that comes from the world sustainable that is it's funny when you google it because it's sustain able is to be able to sustain whatever in the long term and it's it's um you have to be responsible of that there's there's a, a beautiful sentence about um, that says uh, patricio parra from uh, consorcio de vinos de chile that he says you see the global changing or the climate changing and you don't just to have to 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 adapt you do, you you know not only have to adapt but you have to mitigate it and that is a responsibility that every winemaker had to do. And I feel really proud to be part of BSPT and, and, and BSPT group and, and San Pedro. When you see the, all the different um, areas that the winery is taking on, but especially in the social area, when you see the code that uh, we, uh, as a country, as Chile, we have a strong code that is uh, the code of sustainability of Chilean wine industry. The, the thing that is stronger compared to all the other countries is the social area. Uh, so coming back to the Tayu project, it's just fantastic to be part of, of this, to, to show to the world that you can use the wine production, not only as a passion, I'm really passionate about making wines and I just adore my job, but it's so nice when you go one step further. And in my case, I always said that this Tayu project has made me be not only a better professional and a better winemaker because I have learned a lot, but it has made me a better person. And when you get that involved in your heart, in the way you live, in the way you make the wines, it's such a, I, I say it's a, it's, a, it's a gift, I would say. And how lovely is to have the chance to spread it to your colleagues, to the other winemakers, and I just think that in Chile, we're living a beautiful time in the wine industry, because you see your colleagues and everybody is on the winery itself. You know, there's a, a number that is so important that 80% of the Chilean wine, uh, wine bottles that are exported, 80% participate in this sustainable code. So it's huge. In, in an area, if you compare vineyards that are planted in Chile, the total surface that are committed into this uh, social code is 123,000 acres. It's just the surface of Napa Valley together with Sonoma and together with, um, I, I, I don't remember the, the other, Mendocino County. Mendocino. So it's huge. Um, and I think we should feel proud as Chilean winemakers. Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with Vivi. I think... Um... And, and you know, working in, in, in Veramonte, I was able to see, I, I have the, and a strong environmental um, aspect that I always get uh, from the sustainable concept because that's the experience I had. And later on, uh, the social aspect came into the conversation. But, so that's why I always think of nature first. Uh, however, sustainability should be considered as a whole, you know, as a holistic point of view that Vivi is talking about. So, so social aspect, environmental aspect, financial aspect, all of this should be considered. Um, but in, in my experience, my personal experience was, I was able to see the difference and the evolution of the vineyards when we came from uh, a, chemi a conventional chemical uh, kind of work towards 
the organic, uh, sustainable in the environmental aspect. Uh, and I saw the difference in both uh, the quality, the grapes, the resilience of the vineyard. And then later on also on the philosophy and on the culture of the people, because we had the, the main aspect or the main work we had to do was the change of the culture in people. So it, it's unavoidable that it becomes social. And that's the that's the the, the path that we followed. So uh, Vivi, is, I think she's uh, uh, she she makes a point when when we uh, when we talk about the national code, the wines of Chile code of sustainability, that it has a very powerful and strong social uh, aspect on the code that we all or most of the wineries we are. I believe it's 50% of the wineries or the producers we have applied and, and we have certified our Chilean code. So uh, I think it's, it's something to consider and all of the Chilean uh, wineries and wine industry is thinking sustainable because there's no other way. We have to be responsible. We have to think and environmentally, we have a very strong philosophy of the future generations, not to think of the present, but also on the future and what we're going to leave for the future generations and this to be a patrimony for them to also be able to, to enjoy and not to be uh, sort of a, uh, having to take care of, but to also to enjoy. So um, I think it's a, a very powerful concept. I'm really curious. We, you know, Sophia, you mentioned before how with organic agriculture or viticulture, part of the motivation was that you thought or the Veramonte team thought it would produce better wine. And I'm wondering, is there a sense for, for either or both of you that this more general holistic sense of sustainability, do you feel like you can tell the, the benefits of that in, in the wine and, and in the winery maybe more broadly? Because I think sometimes, you know, people who might be skeptical of the merits of thinking about things this way, look at sustainability efforts as costly and hard to justify. They, they don't immediately reward um, the, the winery or the business. You know, they don't, they don't result in necessarily higher sales or higher prices. They can. But, but can either of you speak to how, you know, in the actual end product, you feel like the, the wines have been enhanced by being sustainable? Well, uh, in, my, in my experience, at least, um, quality-wise of the wines, uh, what I have seen is that uh, going towards organic, um, there's a resilience that allows the vines to re react better, to read better the weather, the weather conditions. Like you won't see big changes or big switches between one harvest or another, uh, such as a drought or maybe a heat wave or maybe a very, very cold season. There's a certain um, stage that the vines will remain on that you can rely on there's a certain quality that you can rely on uh, and that there's a consistency that i think it does uh, play a good factor or a, a very important factor in the sense of the quality of the wine later on um, but also uh, that 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 being the the quality aspect i think also that the cons consumer nowadays 
I see that it's more and more, especially younger generations, are more and more uh, informed. They, they are finding more information and they want to know how the, the things they are either eating or drinking is produced, what is inside of the glass or inside of what they are having on, uh, as a, maybe a meal. Mm -hmm. uh, and they want to see the responsibility of the industry related to that uh, in every sense, not only environmentally, but also uh, in, in, the every, in the every aspect of the chain. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if I answered the question, but... <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think the... I think the point is a good one, which is that when that message is communicated to lots of consumers, that message resonates that, you know, that there's a, a big portion of the wine buying public that, that wants to support sustainable viticulture and sustainable winemaking. Is that your sense too, Viviana? Yeah, definitely. When I started, we have vineyards in Leida planted and I'm a Pinot Noir lover. And when we started, uh, of course, we, combat, uh, con, uh, we fight against the weed and the pests with herbicides and whatever. Uh, but since I would say eight years ago, we started to be organically organic. We are not certified because we're not doing it by the logo, but by philosophy. And I can say that what I have seen, I've been working in Leda for 14 years now. So what I have seen is that the skin of the berries are getting thicker. And if we have botrytis, for example, we, 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 the Leda Valley is very close to the Pacific Ocean. It's only 12 kilometers. So it's really affected by botrytis. It's very humid. It's uh, cold always, cold temperature. And I've seen that the grapes have developed the skin that is a little bit thicker. So they, in a way, they can naturally combat a fight against that. And the other thing that I see beautifully is that the wines are getting more vibrant in the glass. Uh, when I make the vinification and then once in the bottle, if I compare back to 10 years or 12 years back, the, the Pinot Noir, now I see that they are beautifully brilliant and vibrant and very juicy. And of course, there's part of vinification that we have changed. But when you see in all the portfolio that change in the upper tier, is associated definitely to work organic, to be more responsible, to, to have the vineyards clean, the mm. canopy more balanced, uh, the soil breathe, you have microorganisms uh, naturally there, the roots go deeper, and it's something that at the end, you really find it in, in the glass. Wow. So I have, I have a question for both of you, um, and I'm going to call out someone that I saw as watching. So, uh, a friend of mine, Patricia, who's the winemaker at Planeta in Sicily, was um, texting me last night and asked me after watching another session if I thought that it was e harder to sort of explain sustainability to consumers than it is organic. Or do we think that eventually consumers will understand sustainability and also why in a lot of ways it's better than just simply organic certification um, in the future, right? So the idea being we understand organics because we see an apple in the grocery store and we also know that it's organic. When we talk about sustainability, we're talking about not just how we're treating the land, but the people, everything, right? The entire full picture. And is that a harder sell? Um, or how do we, if it is a harder sell, how do we explain to consumers why it is much better for everyone that we're operating sustainably than just simply going and getting an organic certification? 
I'm curious what you both think about that question. Cause I, I thought about it a lot after she asked it. And I want to deeply believe that we'll be able to explain to consumers why it's better and why they should care. But I'm curious as, as other winemakers, what you think. Well, what I think is, as we spoke before, sustainability is more holistic. So you have mm -hmm. four different items. It's not only the vineyards where you can be organically and you're speaking 100% about the vineyards, but then you have the second area that is the winemaking and the bottling process. And then you have this third area that is the social development. And then you have the fourth in Chile that is new, that is tourism. So it's a big picture. And, and when you go and sell the wines and say, you know, I'm giving the example of, of San Pedro winery that happens. And I, I feel really proud when you go and sell the wines and you say, you know, that there are workers in our winery that they haven't finished school and the winery pays for them to finish the scholarship, the second grade or whatever. And they are giving better chances for them to be better professional, better people. And of course, they're going to feel more happy in the winery working with better performance. Uh, but when you see that aspect, um, oh, for, for, for the long-term contracts that we have for, with the producers, it's not only that we go and buy the grapes and crush the grapes and bye-bye. No, there is a commitment with the producers. We get together, we gave them free consultancy. We work with them giving chats and, and, and speaks about uh, so, um, um, alcoholic consumption to be responsible. We give them explanations about how to have a better life with the families. So when you go deeper in that and you are able to spread uh, that you are not only committed with the land, that of course maybe some, the item that is more important for that for us, but when you see a whole thing that in the cellar you are responsible of decreasing the amount of water use, we are decreasing about 30% in the cellar. Uh, that the energy that you're using in the cellar, in, in San Pedro, we are now in 50% of the energy that we use is uh, generated from ourselves, from the solar panel. So when you say, you show all of this, you say, wow, this is not just the land. I repeat, maybe the land is the most important thing, but it's a holistic. So how can we make this business be sustainable in the end? To, to be responsible with the natural resources and keep them, as uh, Sophie says, to the future generation. When you have the tools, I think you can explain it for good and I'm sure people are gonna uh, um, uh, valorate it, definitely. Yeah, and uh, I agree with Vivi and, and, and also I think uh, it's a matter of, uh, of time that people becomes more related or understands better what happens behind a bottle because there's so much information out there. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so much, and you know, this, this same thing we're doing right now, uh, winemakers talking directly to people, we can explain how we do things. We can explain, uh, we can give information. So people start becoming more knowledgeable. So therefore I think it's just a matter of time that if we keep talking about sustainability and what the aspects of sustainability are, people will understand better. So they will find that actually there's an ethical aspect in the social aspects of the sustainability that is important to, to, to keep in mind. You don't want maybe to have a glass of wine or, or maybe you will go for the glass of wine where you, you know that the people is uh, well-treated, that they are, uh, they uh, get 
a, a wage they deserve or that they get opportunities they deserve or that everything is thought as a, a holistic way in the environmental aspects and all the aspects that we've been talking. So I think um, it's a matter also of, of education. I'm, I'm not sure uh, how specifically do it, but I think it's unavoidable that actually people start talking more and more about it because uh, it's something that I think uh, we are more uh, aware now, uh, especially from the environmental aspect, but that I, I think is linked, it's, 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 it's supposed to be uh, stick with people because we live in the environment. So we have to take care of that. We have to be responsible of that. Mm. Interesting. You know, Viviana, you mentioned a moment ago that there are the sort of these four components of the sustainability certification in Chile. And you mentioned one that I'm particularly curious about, which is tourism, because I was going to say that obviously one way for people listening to this or watching this to support sustainable winemaking in Chile is to buy these wines and other wines that carry that designation. But one of my great regrets in life so far is that I didn't visit Chile when my sister was living there. And uh, <laughs> I, am, I really, really, really <laughs> feel like I did. And so I intend one day to make up for that by going and visit. And so, but I'm curious how you both see tourism and especially enotourism or, you know, wine tourism as being a part of sustainability, because I think sometimes the perception can be from, from me, from others that, you know, tourism is something that happens that is maybe neutral or sometimes even could arguably be harmful. So, so how is it seen as a, an important and sustainable part of the wine industry in Chile? That's for Sophie. <laughs> okay, go for well, it. <laughs> uh, well, there's a um, the code included tourism because especially there's a there's a social aspect in tourism and there's also the consumer aspect uh, of mm -hmm. tourism uh, that it it was felt important to to consider. Um, there's a few few things that I think. Uh, are the ones that are the most uh, sort of um, uh, easy to, to, to understand the impact, like, for example, to uh, manage the, the waste, like uh, to recycle whatever that you um, get from the uh, touristic activity. So to be able to recycle, to, com to be participating on the compost things, like for, for example, gardens. If you do wine tourism, you, you have a lot of gardens and then you have a lot of residuals from it as well. You can make compost, for example, or um, you can include the community uh, for uh, different things uh, to make the experience of the touristic uh, activity more enjoyable or more complete. So maybe you can have a part of the community selling their vegetables or selling their handcrafts within the facilities of your winery. So you make them to participate. Uh, this is just a few examples, not mm -hmm. that every winery will do them, but it is included and is considered on the, on the, especially, especially on the code, on the sustainability code. And so all of this together, I think, will make a more responsible uh, wine tourism. And in our particular case, we have this um, community garden that I was telling you about that it was 
an initiative from the, um, uh, how do you say municipalidad? How do you say? Um, the municipality? Yeah, uh, like the, the, the major, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm lacking out of vocabulary. Uh, he, uh, he noticed this, there, this was this, the, there was this need for the people of the community. They needed land, they needed space to develop their orchards. So, and we had the space, we had the water. So why not give them the space, give them the water? We actually, at that time, had a restaurant. We could have them as providers. Uh, so it was a, an interesting circle happening there. And of course, organically, and that made even more sense for also for them, because that way they uh, have a extra value added to not only their uh, product, but also to their lives and to their knowledge, because we had to uh, teach them how to do mm -hmm. that. See, so uh, that kind of uh, touristic aspect of the of the of the sustainability code, it's very, I think, um, impact makes a, a big impact. So nowadays, uh, of course, because of the context, it's not really easy to 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 put it there as an offer, as a concrete offer in the in the. Uh, short term, but hopefully in the long terms, you will be able to see a SOSAC when you come. <laughs> yeah. You are able to see Hopefully it. not in the long term. I want it in the short term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also there's also some financial aspects of the sustainable uh, um, uh, activity of the tourism uh, and so on. But uh, I think uh, there's it's, it's not easy or not so obvious to consider the tourism activity within a context of the sustainable. Uh, but I think if we really want to talk sustainable, let's make all of the process, all of the chain, including the consumer and the, the tourist at the end of the day, it is one of the consumers. So mm -hmm. we have to include them within this concept of sustainability. That's great. So Viviana and Sophia, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We're going to jump into a few audience questions here because we, we don't usually get to take live audience questions. And um, I'm gonna, I've am gonna i read through some of these and they're mostly posed to all of us. So I'm gonna let us sort of all jump in here. Um, so the, the first one, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let Patricia, since I asked a question of hers without telling her I was going to, I'm gonna let her ask a follow-up, which was, um, and, and I think, you know, really Zach, it's probably for, for you and I, uh, specifically, mm -hmm. but, you know, basically what Patricia asks is, you know, she says, I'm really curious how you basically see sustainability accepted uh, in, in the world markets as still in Europe, uh, sustainability as a, as a certification is often questioned, awesome, often against organic, right? So when, when European consumers look at someone who says their winery is sustainable, they assume an organic winery is superior. And the question mm -hmm. sort of is, will we ever get past that where people will understand the difference of sustainability and that there's so much amazing things about sustainability. And uh, I don't know, what do you, what do you think? Do, do you think we will? Do you think that, you know, that basically big grocery, if we're going to call them <laughs> that sort of has, has helped. I mean, I think that is the difference, right? I think mm -hmm. wine is really held to a higher standard than a lot, than a lot of other beverages and a lot of other foods to be fair. Right. We're, you know, I think, you know, Patricia, if, if we're really being honest with ourselves, wine is something that we expect a lot from. And unfortunately, the consumer doesn't get to be educated every single day about, you know, why the things that wineries are doing are so important. Uh, 
But when we go into a grocery store, we see an entire section devoted to organics, right? So we see organic milk, organic cheese, organic apples, and we expect that same kind of certification. We don't understand as consumers that that certification actually only, you know, pertains to a very small portion of the wine, right? Just to how it was farmed and maybe some things that happened in the winery, but that's about it. So it's going to take more conversations like this to help people realize that actually sustainability is, is a preferred, you know, thing you should look for when it comes to wine. But I've said my piece. I'm, I'm curious what you all think, because I think it, it's going to just take more, more noise or, or it's never, or people won't <laughs> know the difference. More weeks. Yeah. I, I, I want to say something and then I would love to get Vivian and Sophia's uh, input on this as well. But I think, you know, the grocery store organic produce comparison is an important one. And one, one way where with an apple or a head of lettuce or whatever, or a pa- even a packaged product that's organic, rarely do does the consumer know where it came from really, right? You know, you go to a grocery store and, you know, maybe you go to Whole Foods or other upscale grocery stores and they might say what state it's from. Maybe they'll say the farm it's from depending on where. But a lot of the produce we buy, even those, those of us who are pretty conscientious, we don't know exactly where it came from unless we're buying it from a farm directly at a farm market or something like that. And wine is so different because wine, for the most part, we know this winery made it. You know, we know if we know a little bit about the, the winery or the region, we know exactly where it came from. And it gives us this sense that, um, you know, yeah, that, that you know, we, we, it's a higher standard you mentioned, Adam, but it also means that organic is apparently enough when it comes to um, produce. And I think if you told someone, oh, this is a sustainably grown tomato, they would kind of go like, well, what do you mean by that? And we just need to keep explaining to people that wine is, is both, it's agriculture for sure, but it's also all these other things that we've been talking about in this conversation and, and in other ones that we've had this week. It's labor practices, it's uh, energy and usage and carbon footprint, it's tourism, it's um, you know just all these pieces. And wine, because it's such a such a you know a premium product in almost all ways, it has both that burden, but also the opportunity for for us to get someone to pick up. You know, I have the Veramonte bottle here, and on the back, granted, you know, it's not huge, but it's got the you know certified sustainable uh, wine of Chile thing on the back label. And if if you get someone to turn that around, or you've got that on a shelf talker, I do think there are consumers who will look at that and go that matters to me. And, and we just need to keep encouraging both on the consumer side, that kind of behavior and on the winery side, both doing things sustainably, but then really t- putting it out there saying, you know, and, it, and it's so exciting that, that Chile as a country is doing this. I think more regions, countries, whatever they are, should be coming up with similar codes and saying, look, this is important to us because, you know, it makes sense both, in, in, as we're saying, in the short and long term to be thinking about this because <laughs> we all want there to be a wine industry in all these places in 10, 20, 30 years. I certainly want to be drinking wine from all these places and others. And so we have to, there has to be buy-in on all, on all fronts. And some of that is just, you know, Patricia, just pushing that rock up that hill every day. You know, it's not going to happen overnight that suddenly the consumer gets it, but more and more do over time, I think, and, and we'll continue to if we talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I totally agree, Anis, what Adam said before. It's everything about education. If I remember, I've been in the business, in the wine business for 20 years. And I went, when I started, nobody talked about vegan wines or organic wines. It didn't exist in those times. So now sitting here and speaking about sustainability, I say, wow, in 20 years, we have gone, we have grown a lot. And uh, I think, I'm sure Chile is working really strong about this uh, sustainable code. And when you see a, a total region that is pushing a thing because all of the wineries believe in that thing, um, at the end you start spreading and teaching and educating people. And I'm sure uh, consumers gonna evaluate. If you see the Nordic countries, um, Finland and Sweden, they're very connected with the sustainability and they ask about these wines. And you see Canada. Canada is very also uh, friendly about this concept and the tenders and the listings that they throw through the world, they ask sometimes for sustainable wine. So I think it's coming and it's going to stay, definitely. Very cool. Yeah, me, me too. I agree. I think it's something that it's, uh, it's, it's been here for a while. We just maybe didn't really notice uh, but it's becoming a more and more strong uh, and it's not going to get any weaker and it's only going to grow. Uh, that's my think. And um, if we don't, if we don't put ourselves there uh, thinking the same way and seeing the opportunity we have there, because it's also an opportunity, uh, then we are probably not going to be sustainable enough to be here for the next 20 or 30 years. I mean, uh, which is, one of the purposes of, of being sustainable anyway. So um, I think it's a matter of uh, understanding the difference is not the same as you say, it's not the same being organic as sustainable. It's a much bigger picture being sustainable. Organic is one of the aspects that you can get, you know. So uh, one last question um, before we go. Um, Patricia has a follow-up though, which was, um, you know, we, we definitely do need to figure out some sort of efficient elevator speech, which I agree. <laughs> I think it's, it's a lot to explain sustainability, but we, we do have to figure that out. Um, but what do you think it is about Chile specifically? So Viviana, you mentioned, you know, 80% of uh, the wineries in Chile are sustainable. What is it about Chile specifically that has caused it to become a country that has focused so much on sustainability? Um, and was that a push for sustainability, you think, did that come from the government? Did that come from the winemakers? Did that come from the consumers? How, how did how did that happen? That's the question, you know, and and because I think part of the question then we can learn from is how could that happen in other countries, right? If, if there's such a strong push for sustainability in Chile, how can we sort of take the lessons of how it happened in Chile and take that to other places? I'm not prepared for giving you that answer, Adam, but what I feel is that Wines of Chile has done a great job in this. And I think they are responsible of pushing all the industry together, uh, creating this code. And of course, all the wineries jumping in. Uh, but I think it's a strong work of, of Wines of Chile, definitely. Very cool. Well, thank you uh, both so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a really awesome conversation. And Zach... I'll see you not on video, but uh, in the recording studio. You won't see me. <laughs> I won't see you. See you in the recording studio next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. 
VinePair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tastings Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.